So hopefully, you know, I can get off of harping of, of wishful thinking for this. Maybe they'll go ahead and deliver uh, this product for me. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Do not hold your breath. I'm not <laughs> holding my breath, but I am still hopeful. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening to the Snobble West Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back to another week. We want to first start off saying thank you to our patrons for their support. You too can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. You will get access to our live taping access to our pre-show and also access to our discord chat. So we definitely encourage and hope that our listeners will definitely um, support us on Patreon, um, which will allow us to do some, some more things, some extra things. Uh, Yep. We we have to, I think we have to change our intro around a little bit because we say podcast, 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 but actually we're a show. So maybe snob OS show that we also have a podcast but we also have a show based on the support for patreons because we've been able to upgrade our software you know uh do some extra things so definitely thank you for the patreons you know that we've turned this in from a podcast into a show actual show well (laughs) yeah may have to rethink that definitely all right so this week Let's start off with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. So we're pretty lowdown heavy this week. Um, wasn't a lot going on outside in the tech world. Um, so we'll start with um, the lowdown. And the first thing that we have on tap is that Apple just released um, a new beta for iOS, um, iOS 13.7. And this beta includes support for COVID exposure notifications. So um, I think this was just released today. Um, Yeah, this morning, um, the the beta. And so what this beta will do, um, it will uh, focus on how we handle um, COVID notifications. So it's expanding the COVID-19 exposure notification API, and this will allow users to opt in, keyword opt in to COVID-19 exposure notifications without having to download, um, a separate app from your, from your local public health organization. Um, okay. so it looks like this is a, a partnership, um, with, with app, with Google because it is an uh-huh. API and, um, the, both of the companies, um, said that there would be two phases to this particular piece of technology. And the first phase we've already seen, um, that came out in iOS 13.5, um, that, uh, required users to download the app from their health person. I think we did a walkthrough of this, um, right. Because it was it w- it wasn't necessarily um, something that was tracking you. 
it was pretty much the onus was on you to, you know, make sure you had all of the necessary information for the particular app. But this time around for phase two, what they're doing is allowing users to opt in for the notification without having to install the separate app that we talked about previously. Right. But in order to, you know, diagnose or come up with a verify a positive case, you still have to download an app for your from your per public health authority to confirm, like I said, a positive COVID-19 case. Now, once you do that, once you've confirmed it, then that's where this 13.7 uh, exposure notifications thing goes into where if you um, opt in for these notifications, you won't need a third party app to get a notification that somebody has verified they have COVID-19 via their public health authority and get notified to all the people they have possibly allegedly could have come in contact with. So it is honest on the person who uh, is testing positive or needs to confirm that they're positive to do that extra work. But once they do that extra work, anybody else that's opted in to this new exposure notifications, they don't have to do anything. They'll just get a notification saying, hey, somebody you know, somebody you've possibly come in contact mm -hmm. with has tested positive. Here's the steps you need to do. Yep. So I think it's just, you know, indicative of the the world that we live in that we're going to have to have these types of of tools and, and applications to to remain safe and you know be aware of of what's going on around us. Yep. So just another step in in that direction. Right. Um, so the next thing um, we've talked about it before that um, we expect um, Apple to release iPhone 12, maybe sometime in September or October. We're not really sure yet. But what we do know, um, based on this article that we're reading from 9to5Mac, that the FCC has increased the 5G spectrum um, in what I'm assuming is going to make additional room for Apple's new 5G devices, which we're assuming is going to be the iPhone 12. Right, right. So basically what they're doing is they're making spectrum, 5G spectrum available. Uh, Apple or Verizon or, well, not Apple, Verizon, all the wireless carriers. Sprint, AT&T, yep. Right. They have to bid on getting access to that uh, To that spectrum. range, yep. Right. But FCC has made it available, which anything this leads to says the iPhone is going to be 5G yep. because they didn't make this extra spectrum available when Samsung came out with a 5G phone or whomever else has a 5G phone. Huawei, uh, a couple other manufacturers have 5G devices, but you know, the iPhone is the big dog, right? So mm -hmm. if they are going to roll out a 5G device, FCC has said, okay, well, we need to make sure there's an bandwidth. Get, get they, right, right, <laughs> right. So again, like I said, it's up to the carriers to make to bid on this spectrum to make it available for their customers. But it is out there. FCC is making it available and saying, hey, whomever, if you want it, you better come in and stake your claim and and get your piece of the pie for for your users. So, so I just think that just you know, further confirms what we've already suspected is that the mm -hmm. iPhone 12 will be 5G. Right. Better be. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I am going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've been holding out for too long now. So yep. go ahead, roll it out. Go <laughs> ahead. Come on. Come on. It's about time. And speaking of the iPhone 12, um, some more images have allegedly leaked. I'm going to try this. Um, yeah. So Terrence, uh, uh, did the show last week it's my turn this week and we're using this new software so i'm going to try and share my trying screen produce, trying to pro produce the show trying to <laughs> produce and give you guys some visuals right. of of what we're seeing so for this particular article these are the visuals that um have leaked um that they're saying is what the iphone 12 pro max will look like so like mm -hmm. we mentioned last week um it's going more to the body frame of the iphone 5s that has mm -hmm. uh it's more square with the curved edges um, right. you still have a little notch at the top um let's scroll on down and see what the camera lens looks like because they're saying that it is going to have the triple lens design and I know that it's in here somewhere. There it is. So this is what they're saying the back is going to look like. Again, triple lens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so this is um, some more alleged leaked images of what we can expect. The um, new iPhone 12, this is the Pro Max version um, right. that they are, and it are saying. And it does look like an iPhone 5S, which a lot of people are giving it giving Apple a hard time. It's like they're recycling the same look and design. But if the design that they originally rolled out with looked pretty good, why not update it? Because it is updated, like you said. And during the I, iPhone 5S, there was no notch mm -hmm. at the top, and I actually like the notch at the top because without the home button it differentiates between an iPhone and any other devices out there, right? Yeah. So I actually like that design detail because like I said, it dif differentiates, uh, doesn't have the home screen like the iPhone 5S. It has way more screen real estate it's edge to edge. than the iPhone 5S. Yep. And uh, it has the additional cameras on the back, unlike the iPhone 5S. The only uh, things that look familiar is the uh, the side panels, the aluminum mid-frame around Scroll the edges up. of the iPhone and um, the the back. I don't think the back is going to be glass uh, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. I don't I, think I don't think it's glass. I think it's aluminum. I don't think I saw anything about about glass. But right. again, I mean, it's a phone. What type of innovate? I don't think you can really innovate <laughs> on the design. Well, you can innovate on the materials of the design. Well the, next, well, the thing that everybody's trying to do now is a foldable device. You know, Microsoft has their foldable device that they won't call a phone, but I mean, it's a phone, but it's not a phone. You know, Samsung has their uh, Galaxy Fold. Mm -hmm. There's been rumors that Apple is trying to mess around with a foldable device. So, uh, outside of that, I mean, what else can you, can you do? Make them, you can only make them thinner. Uh, you can only make them um, faster. But you know, as far as the, you got to put the guts somewhere. Yeah. So there ain't too much changing you can do to a, a smartphone. Again, like I said, until the folding devices become mainstream, and that ain't too far off. Right, and I know that 
it's it's down the road and apple is definitely not going to come out with that until they are certain that they can have a quality device unlike what we saw with the galaxy that you know whole debacle with their foldable phone and this is just another article that came out with some additional um possible leak uh of design and this one has the different colors and this is probably the iphone pro and not the the pro max so this is the the entry level tier of the iphone 12 that will likely right. have this these different types of colors so i'm going to scroll through and see if there are any more images it's it's similar to what we've kind of already said with the with the entry level tier it doesn't have the triple lens it has just the regular um dual lens they're a bit bigger um but for the most part this is what is being leaked um as as what they will will possibly look like so all right so with that being said let me produce this show over here so let's don't go back to, to us. Don't forget to <laughs> go back to us because right. I forgot a couple times last week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me go back to us. So speaking of making sure that Apple comes out with a quality device, this particular article, which is of interest to me, um, I've been harping on this for what, probably going on two years now. Uh-huh. So according to this article um, from Bloomberg, it's on 9to5Mac, but it's from Bloomberg. And the title is Apple Developing, quote, less ambitious, end quote, wireless charger following air power cancellation. So if you remember before when, we, when uh, Apple was trying to come out with the air power mat, it was you can put your phone anywhere on the mat. It will charge you know, your phone, it'll charge your AirPods, it'll charge a a multitude of different devices and you don't have to be very specific with where you place the device. You just put it anywhere on the uh, pad and it'll charge. As we know... And and it will charge only exactly what you need to charge it up. Once it's 100%, it'll stop charging. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of the features of the new one or the original one as well. Right. So... That seemed to be a bit too much on the plate for the air power, the air power mat. So they pulled that version. It looks like they are rebooting it, but with not as much gravitas as its predecessor. Um, so um, based on um, this article from uh, one of the Apple analysts, I'm not going to say his name. He is of Asian descent and I'm not going to chop it up. But it's we would... Ming, Ming Chi Kuo. Okay, I'm gonna. There you go. That sounds great. I'm gonna let you say that. <laughs> so um, it uh, we as we talked about what the original benefits uh, were for the the air power mat and its ultimate um, demise. Um, it doesn't look they're specifically saying what the um, less ambitious. Um, air power mat will be but based on what we just said it probably will be more specific of you're having to place the device in a certain location um i'm assuming probably the algorithm and the and the code they had to have behind it to calculate each different device that you have on the on the pad 
to determine what the maximum, uh, what rate the power was at to get it to the maximum. So I'm assuming that may go away. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they'll probably, it'll probably just be a power charging mat where you can put a couple things on there, but you have to put them in specific locations for them to charge. That's what I'm guessing it will likely be. Right. So you probably won't be able to charge your iPhone and your AirPods and your Apple Watch. It may just be a pad to where you can only charge your iPhone and your AirPods or two iPhones, you know, something like that. Probably two now, two devices at one time, not necessarily right. a bunch. You may and the max may be two. Right. Uh now on conversely, Nomad has a base station pro that this story mentions and the base station pro from nomad you can charge three devices at one time and it's anywhere charging so you don't have to find that sweet spot in order to get the charge to quote unquote activate which this sounds like a more advanced version of the air power mat Mm -hmm. and i must admit i have the nomad uh, base station. I don't have the base station pro. Mm-hmm. I have the regular base station and I can charge three things at once. It has the little uh, slant that I can put my Apple watch on. I can, if I very carefully move my iPhone and my AirPod, uh, my uh, AirPods case around, I can get all three of them to charge at one time, but I have to really try have to finesse it. <laughs> move my devices around to where I can get all three to charge this base station pro it doesn't have the 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 sleeve the the stand for the air uh, for the apple watch but according to this you can charge three devices at once and you just plop them down and it works so whatever nomad is doing maybe apple needs to buy nomad so then they can use their technology to finally come out with this air power mat that they've always wanted to but until then it looks like they have dialed it back some to no. where they're gonna and, roll out an air power mat but it ain't gonna be apple's wish list version right. of the air power mat and they may like it may they may be on par with the station pro the nomad base station pro but i think you know like i said earlier i think it's just the fact that they were trying to do too much at one time, and now they've had long a, a longer amount of time, and they're scaling it back. It may it will probably still be a really good device, um, but likely the whole calculating the multiple different devices to charge them and then stop charging them, that feature probably won't be there. Yeah, but and if they want to do it, they just go ahead and buy a company like Nomad. Yeah, <laughs> that's already doing it and say and okay. Then you can do it. Yep. yep. So yeah. So hopefully, you know, I can get off of harping of of wishful thinking for this. Maybe they'll go ahead and deliver uh, this product for me. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Do not hold your breath. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, but I am still hopeful. All right. Um, the next article um, we touched on this last week. Um, and the battle between Epic Games, uh, the creators of Fortnite and Apple and Google is, uh, still on the rage, the fuel rages on. Um, so they're coming out with a new season, of Fortnite chapter two, Mm -hmm. season four. 
it will not be on iOS or macOS. Um, this mm -hmm. antitrust view that they have going on over the uh, in-app payment um, process that Apple allows and what Epic Games wants, um, it's all been, you know, legalese, it's been to court. So, um, so what happens is pretty much any iOS or macOS device that has Fortnite, they are essentially stagnant at the version that they have. They won't get any new seasons or any new features. They'll only be able to play what they currently have. And they will only be able to play with other Apple device people. So you won't be able to play um, with with, yeah, with your current version, uh, with your whatever season. I'm assuming this is season three that they're on now. I don't know. I'm just guesstimating based on what they're calling the next one. Based on season three, you will only be able to play with other Apple people. You won't be able to play season three with uh, an Android person. Um, it's right. only Apple to Apple at this point. Um, so that's, I, I guess. Hope this, I hope this works because I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I haven't done the research, but um, my guess is most people play Fortnite on a console. Yep. Uh, if they do play Fortnite on an iOS or an Android device at all, it's probably not as serious you know it's just in passing in the waiting room if they're traveling you know, I, they're like you right, say waiting, waiting somewhere get your, right get your car fixed you know waiting in the doctor's office or the dentist's office or whatever then you may pull it out and play a little bit but the the amount of competition that i've seen people try to play with in fortnite i don't think it's feasible on a mobile device so you know again like i said i hopeful maybe fortnite I'm proud of y'all for sticking to your guns, but uh, we'll see what kind of effect yeah. this has when season two, chapter four rolls out and it doesn't roll out for iOS or iPad. That's going to be the indicator if people are that upset about it. Apple, I mean, Epic wants us to believe that there's going to be this uproar. This huge fallout. We'll see. Right, we'll see. Yeah, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be that huge of a fallout. Like you said, most people play it on consoles and not on their smaller screens for their phones or tablets. If you're like shooting and jumping and rolling over things, because I saw my nephews play it, mm -hmm. it's hard to see all of that that's going on on a on a small device because you have to like go in like caves and corners and dig through to find weapons and hide from people. I mean, it's a lot going on and right. I can't really imagine any high level of, of playing this game would be on a, a mobile type device. So, nope. so we'll see. And, um, I think, um, that, uh, Epic, uh, they wanted to, uh, have an injunction or some sort of freeze on Apple for the way that they do the in-app purchases, but the courts ruled in favor of, of Apple. So they were trying to still push, force Apple to to, to see things their way or to, to have the in-app purchases their way. And it looks like that was was shut down. So, um, so it looks like, um, you know, this new season won't be on the iPhone devices. And depending on what the courts say, um, you know, it may be that way for a while. I, I really can't see 
you know, this being an easy solution. I really think this is probably going to be a long-term battle. Apple is notoriously known for dragging out court cases um, because they have the money and they can. Um, so, so it should just be interesting to see how this all unfolds and if Epic Games, if their their bluff, well, I don't call it a bluff anymore because they actually went through it. If their challenge or, or if their stance is really going to be, you know, worth it in the long run from them. Apps out. Uh, props to them for sticking to the guns. Yeah, there's. I mean, honestly, I don't. After they did the whole commercial and made a big thing about it, it's they couldn't fold at the first sign. They even, you know, they have to kind of roll with it, or else they will look extremely weak. And people be like, "Well, what was the whole point of it?" So they have to write it out, even if they plan on eventually folding and relenting to uh, Apple's current in-app. Uh, policy they're going to stretch out a little bit just so they don't seem like you know wusses or chumps yeah yeah (laughs) exactly exactly okay so the last thing that we have um for in uh for the lowdown is um apparently apple apologizes to wordpress for no longer requiring free app to add purchases so i'm not familiar with this you want to take right. This? So speaking of speaking of speaking of chumps, speaking of backing down, Apple has actually uh, backed down from WordPress in the sense that there was a big issue earlier this summer about the WordPress app and Apple doing a epic like move and forcing WordPress, the free version of the app that never sold anything, they forced them to add in-app purchases on their free WordPress app in order for them to then Apple can take their 30% and then get WordPress updates back into the app store. Again, the whole issue with that is the WordPress app is free. They don't even offer in-app purchases, but the issue according to Apple was that if you go through the WordPress menus and get deep enough, It'll show you a list of premium versions to WordPress. Like you can pay for your own domain name. Mm. You can, you know, do things like pay for hosting. You can uh, buy additional themes, but you could you could not do that through the actual app. But you did get access to the premium version and list what all the things to see. So according to Apple, y'all have to put a link to that to the main app in order to get updates back into the app store. So there was a big hubbub about that. Again, the uh, CEO of WordPress, Matt Matt Mullenweg, I think I said his name, in a series of tweets earlier was like, hey, I mean, what do we got to do? I have no, I can't can't fight this. So I guess we're going to figure out something to get Apple to release updates to their app. So everybody got mad, everybody got upset, everybody harped on the fact that the app is free. You can't buy anything, you can't in-app purchase anything from WordPress. You just see a list of their premium services. That's not fair, that's not fair. And Apple was like, well, well, maybe we jumped the gun on this. Mm -hmm. So they actually, over the weekend, um, no longer required WordPress to add in-app purchases to their app in order to get updates and get back into the app store. So 
uh, kind of like a, a 180 from the epic. Um, you know, of course, the situation is not the same, mm-hmm. but the fact that Apple will not back down to epic, but has kind of backed down or reversed course with WordPress, who maybe this is precedent of, again, the situations were totally different, right? Yeah. Epic, epic was literally trying to circumvent Apple's in-app purchases where WordPress on the other end didn't even offer anything. And Apple was trying to make them offer something so they so could they get a cut. Yeah. <laughs> so they get a cut. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference between the two is that, you know, Epic is trying to make money. And right. the WordPress folks, they're like, we just giving you themes to, to build websites. We're not, you know, there aren't any purchases inside. So I think that's probably the sticking point and the key uh-huh. reason why Apple was, uh, amenable to reversing course say okay we'll change our mind on that but they're not reversing course on epic <laughs> right right so and so i'm just going to read this quote from matt mullenweg the ceo from wordpress uh this is him uh putting in a tweet my understanding was the previous decision from apple was final and we had already made many of the arguments people suggested privately or over the several weeks that Apple's locked. We will continue to be responsive, to do our best, to be within both the spirit and letter of the App Store rules, including closing any web view loopholes that pop up, which is the thing I was mentioning. You couldn't, if you went deep enough, you could actually see the offerings, but you couldn't really do anything with them. You just got to see them. Uh, this also made me appreciate the freedom of the open and independent web, my life's mission and purpose of WordPress, is to increase the freedom of the internet. I hope in addition to native apps, people continue to create websites and web apps that provide accessibility, autonomy, and freedom to the widest audience. Future generations deserve it. So that was kind of like his winning speech after Apple finally turned around and said, well, maybe we jumped the gun. You know, I don't know if that was, they finally understood what WordPress was trying to do or they kind of folded under this pressure that everybody leaned on them for the fact that they were really trying to force WordPress to make more money so then Apple could make more money, yeah. which kind of seems underhanded. So yeah. we, we're not sure what side they came on, but they did kind of back down. So Yeah, and that's good. I mean, especially with all the points just outlined, they weren't trying to make money off of that. So so good for them, good for, for WordPress and and good for Apple for, you know, actually saying, hey, okay, fine. We won't uh, force you to right. force people to spend money so you can get <laughs> money and so that we can get more money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for um, the lowdown. Let's head on over to second stream where we talk all other tech. So we don't have um, a lot of things to talk about this week in second string, but one big thing um, that has come out this week is um, back in 2016, there was a huge data breach um, uh, in from Uber where um, 57 million users information was exposed. So the reason that this is back in the in the limelight from a 2016 breach is because the um, the the chief security officer, well, now former chief security officer, chief security officer has been um, arrested and charged with trying to conceal that the data breach 
ever even happened. So um, it was this was filed in uh, San Francisco, and Joe Sullivan, who was the the chief security officer at the time, um, he led. They're alleging that he led a scheme to to withhold and conceal that um, hackers were able to get into their system and the amount of data that was exposed. So again, mm-hmm. um, Sullivan and Uber, it says, arranged to pay the hackers $100,000 in exchange for signing an NDA that about the hack so that, you know, no one would know about it. Um, well, well, not just that. They, they, they wanted them to sign an NDA to say that the hackers had not even accessed or stored any company data. Uber didn't disclose the breach or the payment until late 2017. So not only did Uber have to, or according to this thing, was going to pay them, they had to sign saying that, oh, they never really breached anything or hacked anything or never stole any data in the first place, which is crazy. (laughs) Right, that you would even... It's one thing to try and pay people to say, okay, you know, kind of go away. But it's something even bigger to have them to sign a legally binding document to say that they did it when they actually did. So essentially lying. Right. Right. So yep. so it's pretty it's it's pretty amazing that, you know, the audacity of it all for for them because they they've it's not surprising though but this is back when the the uh the founder ceo uh uh, what i can't even say his name travis is his first name but this is when he was uh in in lead and this is when it was the wild wild west as far as uber was concerned yeah they They ran him out of there they got ran him out of there got a new guy in but obviously there are some lingering things uh as a result of you know that whole era when you know Uber was kind of running wild. Right, and it says further down in the article that we're reading from CNN that in September of 2018, Uber agreed to pay a $148 million settlement um, into the investigation. Um, now, the settlement uh, was across the 50 states and Washington, D.C., but I don't know, it doesn't really say if that, maybe I haven't read down far enough, if that was actually ever paid out to uh to to those who were affected by it but it did cover essentially the whole united states plus washington dc i don't remember getting any sort of class action i didn't and i used and i used you know uber heavy and um yeah i don't remember getting like the little email about the settlement or anything about that so 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 maybe maybe they didn't even pay people they paid a fine to you know the feds as a result to settle an investigation in the 2016 data breach uh that they were accused of intentionally concealing so maybe this is a fine it's not a class action lawsuit to where it's like hey we're sorry your data got breached here's 12 dollars we're gonna (laughs) actually not pay you and not let you know but we're gonna give yeah because reading the the line in the article says the settlement with attorney generals for all 50 states in Washington, right. D.C. was the largest ever multi-state data breach settlement, according so to the... So they paid a that, settlement to the states. That was a fine. That was a fine. 
<laughs> yeah, and the and the fact that they use settlement instead of find is, is very interesting as well. So yeah, right. so this didn't go to those of us who had our data breached, but right. rather to the states they had mm. to pay a fine. That's interesting as well. Mm-hmm. With fifty seven million people's data being exposed, you're not going to offer any credit monitoring, give them their $12 checks. You're just going to say, oops, sorry. We tried to cover it up and get people to lie about it. Oops. But we squared up with the government. The government said we're good, so we're good. Interesting. So it should be interesting to see, um, you know, what type of jail time, if any, that he gets. Um, So, yeah, it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So we'll see how that plays out. If there are any actual tangible um, results from from the guy who kind of orchestrated this this whole thing. So it'll be interesting to find out. All right. So the next thing that we have um, to discuss um, in second string is uh, PS Five. It's now back on the radar. Um, Apparently, we may be able to pre-order um, soon. So um, the date hasn't been confirmed by PlayStation. Really, nothing has been confirmed by PlayStation <laughs> other than the fact that they had an announcement and said, oh, here's our new game console. Isn't it cute? Isn't it dope? We don't know when you're going to get it. Well, we're not going to tell you when you're going to get it. We're not going to tell you when you can order it. And we're not going to tell you how much it costs. But um, rumors are that it will launch this holiday season um, and that it may possibly be available for, for pre-order beginning September. on September 9th. So right. we'll see if that actually happens. Um, the person who is, is leaking all this information, I don't think he has his real name. He goes by... Um, Tony Stark on Twitter and his handle is at Iron Man PS5. So whomever this person is, he's still sticking by his prediction that it will cost around uh, $4.99 um, and be ready for Black Friday timeframe. But um, for, for pickup, so uh, we'll see if September 9th, that's only a couple weeks away. So we'll see if it will be ready for pre-order on that day. Oh, yep. they're saying that the reason that September 9th, I guess, kind of came about is that the original PlayStation was released in North America on September 9th, 1995. So, so it's just a uh, it's a hunch. Guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Nothing confirmed because, like I said, PlayStation hasn't really confirmed anything other than what it looks like, and some of the games that it will have. No price, no pre-order, no ship date. So I guess we'll all just have to wait and see with bated breath uh, as to when this will be out for the masses. But I thought that was interesting that that um, is coming up now. So it's a lot of things coming up possibly for pre-order in September. So I hope y'all got y'all's money ready. New iPhones, (laughs) new, new Macs. New PlayStations all coming around in, in September. So I hope you all been saving your money up through the year. Because it <laughs> looks like if you're into the gadgets, September is going to be a busy month for your debit and credit cards. All right. 
All right. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up for a second string? Nope. All right. So let's head on over to For the Culture. So a few things to talk about uh, and For the Culture this week. None of them are specifically relating to technology, but they're of interest to us. So we're going to talk about them. Um, so versus, we've talked about um, some of the versus battles that have happened previously. The next iteration is an R&B versus between Brandy and Monica, scheduled to happen on August 31st, live at the Tyler Perry Studios here in Atlanta. And if you are around our age, a little younger, a little older, um, we all remember the huge Brandy Monica era. They had a huge hit together. They mm -hmm. were both came out when they were teenagers. Uh, of course, Brandy started out on TV, and uh, Monica um, was in the started out uh, in the music lane. They had this huge hit together. The boy is mine. Um, they won a Grammy for it. They it was notorious that they had beef. Um, there were arguments, petty things going back and forth. I think it was even some physical uh, altercations. I don't remember uh, some... any of that. I remember all that being alleged. I remember. I remember. No, nobody could. It just assumed that they had beef, but never. Nobody could really substantiate anything specific. It was just rumored, and people just ran with it. And That's this just is my. Yeah. Go ahead. And this is prior to the social media era. But mm -hmm. they do snipe. They have in the past, since the social media area, sniped back and forth at each other on, on social media. Nothing blatant and outright. It's very kind of petty, passive aggressive. They both um, were hugely influenced by Whitney Houston. You know, um, Brandy's brother, Ray J, dated Whitney, allegedly. And um, no, it wasn't allegedly. He did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we will take allegedly off <laughs> i was trying to trying to be a little politically savvy but um and brandy did um cinderella with um whitney of course monica is an atlanta area girl whitney and her family lived here for a long time to her and whitney had a close relationship and it was a lot of back and forth with who did Whitney actually passed the baton on to so it was a whole bunch of that. Uh, yeah. None of them, neither, neither of them. A lot of that going back and forth. <laughs> when, when I think whenever Whitney's birthday would come up and Monica would post something about it, Brandy would have to kind of one-up it and say, well, she was actually uh, my godmother, yeah. that kind of, you know, ticky-tacky back and forth, back and forth. But um, they had been, Brandy had been up to doing a versus with Monica, Allegedly, and allegedly it was Monica who was pushing back on, on doing it. Now they're both in agreement. They're going to be in the same room. Um, versus battles originally started out as what they were called battles. Now it's more of a music appreciation between the artists. So as you can imagine, this is a lot of our, you know, teenage, young adulthood. So the stands were out in full force. On Twitter, I actually had to mute both Brandy and Monica because it was getting pretty ugly out there on the Twitter streets about, well, Brandy didn't do this. Well, Monica did. I mean, it was just a bunch of snip, 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 snip. And I'm like, y'all are ruining this. This is a really fun, great moment. 
Both of them have amazing voices. They have great music. We've all grown up with it, enjoyed it, enjoyed it. They're around our age. But I just had to go ahead and mute their names because I was like, y'all taking the fun out of this. It was, you know, how Twitter has jokes. So it would, it would be like the fun banter back and forth things that were funny. But then people, of course, have to be too serious. And it was just like a whole, let me put her stats up against hers or you know, well, she was in Cinderella. Whitney actually sang with her. I mean, it was just, it was exhausting. I was like, I just wanted to have fun with this. I just wanted to enjoy it. So I'm hoping everybody gets all of their snipping out of the way. So come August 31st, we can just enjoy the music, enjoy them being together and have a good, good time reminiscing back to simpler times when we didn't have COVID and Black people being murdered, uh, you know, so blatantly for, in all that. <laughs> Your face says it all. They, <laughs> my face says this is blown way out of proportion because, number one, like I mentioned before, I don't remember it being even before the social media era that a lot of alleged issues between Monica and Brandy. Uh, even when social media came out, uh, I think people blew this out of proportion between them two. I think, I think with women in general, and Brandy and Monica specifically, because they're so close in age, mm -hmm. they were so close in stardom around the same time, mm -hmm. that people wanted them to have beef, beef amongst each other. Maybe that bled, you know, uh, what imitation uh, life. What, how does that phrase Art go? imitates life. Uh, yeah, art. Uh, Maybe like, life yeah, imitates art. art in this case. Right, right. So as a result of pe them, Brandy and Monica, getting tired of people bringing up all this nonsense, it actually got got to them to where they maybe said a couple things back and forth, mm -hmm. you know, trying to clear the air. But of course, that everybody took that as they got beef against each other. So all that... And then what you mentioned about all the people trying to compare catalogs amongst Brandy and Monica, can I keep it 100%? They got all the maybe five songs that they could actually play together all back to back because the versus battles, like just the last one between um, uh, um, uh, uh, 2 Chains and uh, Rick Ross. What's the guy? Yeah, Rick Ross. They had 20 and 30. You know, if they didn't have their own songs, they were featured on a whole bunch of hits, right? So, I mean. They have the catalogs, you? actually. They both, because they? They, they, they do. Do they? They do. Do they? They do. They do. Do they? They do. Like, they do. They were before this, they were before the internet. They were CDs and albums. They, they, do. they do. I don't. I don't watch it and see. So they, someone actually, because you know how stands are. They did a breakdown, you know, of side to side by side of what they could play against each other, and they have them because you have to think. Not only do they have their own music, but they were both and when they first came out, movie soundtracks are really big. So I think Monica had a Space Jam song on a soundtrack. Um, one song keep going so it's just those type i'm just saying as an example but looking at the uh -huh. list when they did the rundown side by side they can do it i think they both i think monica i think brandy has like five albums 
I think mono or five or six. They're very when they did the side by side stats because I did look at them. They're very and they have comparable. Full albums. Don't give me that. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't have songs. They don't have the catalog, but the songs that came on the radio or the songs that we play and old school parties, '90s parties, the songs that were certified Grammy hits that you would think that they would play at one of these versus battles. Do they have enough of those? Yeah. yeah, they have songs. Yeah, they have enough because I think actually Monica has more um, number one hits than Brandy does. Okay. So I'm telling you, I looked at the list okay. and they're there. So I'm I'm excited about it because I don't know R&B, they are my age. Their songs kind of spoke to my sensibility with that age. So, So yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. As long as people I don't will, ruin it for me because they've already I tried. Will be, I will be excited for you. Thank you. And I will live vicariously through you. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> because I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, okay. So All right. similar to, us, you know, some sure of the other they, ones. Yeah, you make sure like, to give us the rundown I next shall. week. <laughs> they were like, you know, they're getting their outfits ready. So it's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to a fun time. And it's, I think Versus is really stepping up their game because, of course, um, I think... Well, they're, they're, they're learning and growing. Yeah. Before, they was having people Skype in and yeah. uh, IGN, and that wasn't working. So they're actually, and, and they got money from Apple. Yeah. So they're flying people out or they're setting up um, a actual event at a one location. Yes. Which cuts down on a lot of the issues that people were having because, you know, the internet and wireless and not knowing how to use the technology. Now, if you look at, you know, the the past five, you know, right after maybe Erica Badu and Jill Scott, they've all been in the same location mm -hmm. and they don't have to touch anything. They Lessons can, learned. Right. They can talk to their DJ or whoever's queuing up their music. And that's all the interaction as far as technology is concerned. Everything else is handled by the production crew and whomever's behind the cameras and whoever's manning the boards, right? Yep, because so I think, yeah, I think Swiss Beats is usually, um, you know, at most of them, so. Well, I would be too, if yeah. Apple forked out all that money. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and this particular one is, um, is sponsored by Ciroc as well. Mm -hmm. So, and they'll so, be at Tyler Perry Studios. So Ma Monica lives here. I think Brandy spends some time here. So, uh, so yeah, so it should be, should be a fun time. I'm looking forward to some good old fashioned nostalgic fun. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So the next couple of things we have to talk about are a little bit more heavier. Um, the first thing, um, we're going to talk about is um, what's going on in Wisconsin with um, the shooting of, of Jacob Blake. If you aren't aware, um, a black man was breaking up a fight between two women. Police, of course, were called for the fight. Um, after he broke up the fight, he was going back to his car because his children were in the car. He was shot eight times, I believe, in the back. Um, by, um, oh gosh, is it Kenosha? Is that how you say it? The Kenosha yes. police department. Mm -hmm. Um, so, 
we have another person who is a hashtag. Fortunately, he is still alive. Um, right. Apparently, he has significant um, damage, of course, being shot in the back right now. Um, from his um, father, they're saying that he is currently paralyzed from the waist down. They don't mm-hmm. know if it's permanent or not, but right. he is um, currently still recovering from from being shot that many times in the back. So I brought this up to say we've all you know talked about Black Lives Matter and the fact that police you know are overstepping their bounds. I want to talk about it from from a different angle um, this week. I haven't watched. His video, I haven't watched the last, quite frankly, few videos of of these situations because it's just too traumatizing. So I wanted to ask you, viewing these videos, whether it be on the news, whether it be on social media, do you think that it's additional exploitation of black trauma or do you think these videos need to be shown for... I guess, change? Well, uh, we can't avoid them not being shared. We can't avoid the news not showing them for reporting purposes. So I don't, I, a necessary evil is, I, I wouldn't look at it as a, as a necessary evil. Well, I guess, I, I guess it would, is a necessary evil because I don't think we're going to be able to avoid them. Now we can um, choose not to watch them but that's not going to stop them from being shared, right? Yeah. I haven't watched the actual uh, footage of this recent one with Jacob Blake because, again, that goes to the point to where it's like, I don't want to be, uh, uh, what's the word, numbed to the to the act, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you watch enough of anything, it won't become as... You become desensitized. Uh, um, yes, that's the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of the word. Desensitized. I don't want to be desensitized to a anybody, black, white, otherwise, being killed at the hands of police. And it wasn't warranted. I think the thing that people still either ignorantly or purposely choose to see is that it wasn't warranted. Now, the information that I have read about it is they did have a scuffle between Jacob Blake and the police prior to him returning to his car and prior to him getting shot. So I don't know if the police wanted him to stop moving. I don't know if they wanted him to cooperate. I don't know if they wanted to ask him questions and he did not want to. So as a result, he got into a scuffle. And then after that scuffle, he got free, walked to his car. Police didn't want him to. Maybe they assumed he was going to get a gun. Maybe they assumed he was going to flee the scene. Uh, According to the family, according to the witnesses, he was going to check on his kids who were in the car. That's the whole, you know, he said, she said, we won't know until the investigation, yada, yada, yada. But even still, it's still, in my opinion, and in the opinion of most people, that it wasn't warranted simply because, number one, he wasn't the person that was involved in the original call. He was there because I'm assuming he knew somebody. He was related to somebody. He was a peacekeeper, but which is always tend to be the problem is when police pull up on the scene for whatever reason, they see an African-American, a black man. And they assume that he's the one. He is the target. Mm -hmm. He is the target, right? Without 
doing any sort of whatever investigation, asking questions, yeah, investigating whatever the case may be. They see this brother and they like, hey, you, and I can see that me not wanting to comply when it's not, I'm not the issue, I'm not the problem, or even if I am, right? Me being upset about the police coming to harass me mm-hmm. for something unrelated to anything that need a bunch of police officers to jump on top of me, I'm going to resist. And I don't understand why people can't see, like I say, ignorantly or on purpose, see that that can get to you to where you want to resist, especially when we've seen videos of people who are not black, who have been able to resist, who have have been able to run away, who have been able to actually shoot at or directly harass or threaten police officers and lived to tell the tale, right? It's so frustrating that, okay, if you're going to harass people because they're not complying, harass everybody because they're not complying. You can't, why, where is the picking and choosing and why and what is the methodology and the, what is the real reasoning, rhetorically speaking, of course, why are they only targeting some people with this extra level of threat and not for everybody when it should be across the board, right? right? So I think that's the whole thing. But getting back to the original question, um, I think it's necessary um, because, you know, we have to, you have to see what's going on and you, and hopefully that will force some admittance of fault in order to move forward. Because if the cops are going to stand their ground and the protesters and the people who are advocating against defund the police and, and you know, all the police reform, if they're gonna hold their ground, then we're just gonna bump heads, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like the video, it's almost like the, okay, you can't avoid this. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we do about this, right? But at the same time, it's happening so much. And there's still and nothing like, changing. <laughs> And still nothing changed. I mean, no. we just went over this with Ahmaud Arbery. Mm-hmm. We just went over this with Rashard uh, uh, the, the guy in Atlanta, Rashard Brooks. Elijah McClain. We just went over this with George Floyd. We just went over this with Breonna Taylor. And now it's happening again. It's like, it's it, it, I can very easily see how people have just will just throw their hands up and say, oh, it is what it is. And if that's the case, then we're going to end up going backwards, right? Instead yeah. of making any sort of change. Yeah. And and I, I think it, I find it interesting. I was reading um, um, an article um, before the show and, um, you know, there are protests, of course, in, in this city, Kenosha. And it's interesting to me that these militias are right. helping the police. So you have... Let's be honest, these white folks, these white men out here with these automatic rifles, you know, helping the police. Who gives them the right to help help the police? And also, it's I I read that one of the leaders of the militia sent a letter to the police saying, don't send us home. Don't send us away. We're here to help. Don't threaten us with arrest. What gives them first the right to say we're going to help the police. Secondly, we already see that there's bias there. 
Right. People have the a right, it's a fundamental right of being an American citizen to protest. Right. Who right. are they to come out and say, we are going to help you with these thugs. Right. We are going to help well, it, keep the peace. It just, it just... And, and, and folks, I don't know if it's true or not. This is what they're reporting. They're saying that the police, in one hand, would be thanking the militia folks, giving them water, while at the same time trying to force, you know, people whose right it is to protest, you know, to disperse and go home and threaten them with violence. I mean, I just, I just don't understand it. And the 17-year-old who was a part of a militia in what, Illinois who murdered two people at a protest... He was able to walk into the police station and turn himself in. I just, right. I just, it's obvious to me, and I would think it would be obvious to people who, obviously, who want, who are willing to, to see what it is, to say that this isn't right. We can't keep going on this trajectory. We, we can't. Well, again, like I said, going back to the video, you, we hope that video evidence would show a clear issue. Um, and as a result of that clear issue, changes would be made. But the problem is people are fed up and everybody is so up in arms that when something like this happens, everybody immediately jumps into their own camps mm -hmm. because of history, right? Not, it's not, you know, when somebody gets killed by the cops it's always been, hey, let's go tear something up. That hasn't always been the case, right? right? But history as of recent, you know, past 10 years has shown that nothing changes. And I think people are tired on both ends, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, everybody's tired. You know, the people who can't relate to why we want to tear up, you know, uh, tear up businesses and loot and 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 do all they don't understand why and then the people who are doing the protesting and it escalates regardless of you know still there's still we there's no conclusive evidence to who is actually doing all this looting right. and you know right but if you want to pin it on the protesters sure you know uh the protesters can't understand well why can't you understand that we've tried to do it peacefully and nothing's happened so this is the only way we can get your attention but the attention that's showing up is everybody says, oh, you know, CNN and NBC and Fox and all these people jump in on the rioting part. But they don't show you the know. peaceful protests. They do show the peaceful protests, but then the the, the, the extravagance. It's not um, as sexy as, you know, something exactly, on fire. Exactly. So that's when everybody jumps into all, you know, late night exclusive breaking news, yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada. But when the protest is like, oh, you know, protests, you will, they, they're turning, they're coming in six o'clock and then that's about all the all the things that they're going to report on right so you know everybody jumps into their own camps and it's 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 going to be tough especially with this whole you know political thing you know the politics and you know how they're using you know all of these different instances to for and against and it's just i i think i hope we all hope that you know this evidence this video would finally say okay something needs to be done but again nobody is willing to wait because it's like history has shown nothing has happened right you know yeah. uh people say you know uh well why i don't understand why they're burning down the business it's like well when, when 
again, to take this old, not old, to take Exhibit A, when Colin Kaepernick when Cap was and the NFL players took a knee and did peaceful protests, y'all hated that too. So it's like, well, they might as well burn something up to get your attention. The squeaky you know, all get the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Right, right. But is that then the end result of that? Will that force people to say, okay, let's not we need to we need to make a change because we don't want property being burned up or do or do people even like I said get deeper into their own camps and nothing changes, you know. So it's I think it's the latter. I think people are already on their side and there's nothing that anybody can do that's going to change that because they're already saying with this guy, well, why did he resist? Why didn't he just follow and do what they said? We've already seen that none of that, doing none of that helps. Nope, nope. The end result is still the same. A black person is still murdered or hurt or, you know, Children, I mean, they did this in front of this man's, what, three children. So now you have to factor in the trauma of not only of, you know, their dad being, you know, hurt, but they witnessed their dad being hurt. And how do you explain that to them? Right. Now, so uh, jumping right into the next section of this, right, the, (laughs) I hate to say it, but the only way some people will change is if, somebody's pockets get hurt, right? Dollar dollar bills. Right. So the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, this is right around the time playoff. Playoffs are starting. NBA playoffs, yep. They they have figured out how to play and keep the players safe, to keep the staff safe, to keep the coaches, you know, keep the the journalists and keep everybody safe with and resume playing the NBA. So tonight was supposed to be when the Milwaukee Bucks were going to um, uh, start game their, three, you know, next round, game three, and they have decided that they're going to boycott in protest of the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake. So now all know, of, now no nobody's playing. The NBA canceled all the games now. Right, right. So as a result, the NBA has canceled, you know, all the games. Right, like you said. So I mean, maybe. Um, this will, as as kind of loosely connected as it is, you know, I was talking to my wife about it earlier and I was saying, well, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks boycotting uh, the NBA, how does that, in protest, mm-hmm. how does that directly affect, you know, what's happening with the police in Wisconsin? Because they're kind of, you know, police is run by the, is run by the city, which is run by the state. But the Milwaukee Bucks, that's a private, a private organization. A private organization. How do you tie the two together? But again, maybe it's just all about bringing awareness and forcing people to address the issue on a um, a nonviolent basis, right? Because yep. with the Milwaukee Bucks protesting, they're not looting or they're not protest. They're not, you know, doing a t- traditional protest mm-hmm. to where they, the Milwaukee Bucks, are not walking to the state capital of Milwaukee or Wisconsin or whatever the case may be and doing the traditional protests, you know, by them not playing, the NBA has to report on why, mm-hmm. why are they not playing? They're not playing because they have to make a statement. Happened. Yeah. Well, what happened? Right. So police killed this guy in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, why did he kill him? So, you know, it, it take it, it forces people who otherwise may not know who are just to watch the NBA playoffs 
to, like you said, forces them to make a statement. And that in and of itself is the link to where it's a peaceful protest. People finally are starting to come around to the idea of, okay, well, we're mad at y'all for looting and, 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 and stealing stuff and, and tearing up property. Okay, so let's show you how we peacefully protest and we better not hear nothing <laughs> we better not hear y'all, you know, bumping your gums as to why you don't understand because of this. Because, okay, we showed you peaceful pro- protests. You said, well, that's not right. Don't do now it that we're way. You, don't do it that way. Now we're showing you the rage and the looting and the burning. And now don't you're saying, do it don't that, do it way. that way. All right. All right. So one, one of you got to take one of them, right? So which one? Or okay. what they would prefer for us just to go away and just deal with whatever's happening. Shut up. Shut up and shut stop. Up yeah, shut up about it. All right. That's right. that's so, that's the option. That's the option I, I think they would prefer. Right, right. But I don't, uh, again, uh, hats off to these players because they, the players are the ones that control the NBA. You can say the NBA does. You can say the owners do. You can say the fans do. But if nobody's players, playing... Right. All that is null and void. So hats off to them for, you know, using their platform to actually have people address the issue. Now, what comes about as a result, who knows? But now we have to address it because this is pretty big. You know, this has been the first time players have said, I'm not playing. And hats off to the WNBA as well. They've joined the boycott. So they are not playing their game three either today. Right. Right. So, you know, just from a uh, just want to read. You know, uh, one of the players had a statement uh, in this story from Rolling Stone says, we're tired of the killings and the injustice. Bucks guard George Hill told the undefeated. You know, we've got uh, LeBron James with a little bit more colorful language. Colorful language. Uh, We we demand change. Uh, We're sick of it. You know, these are some, you know, again, these players have a lot of They have a lot of sway. They have a lot of pull. They're very influential people and what i equate you know this boycott of the games to is it boils down to inconvenience people want to go and watch their games and live in their happy bubble where they don't have to deal with this this is forcing an inconvenience for them a lot like when people are protesting in the street and they block off the street and you can't go you can't drive to where you're going it's forcing an inconvenience on people who this wouldn't otherwise affect Therefore, they have to pay right. attention to it. Right. So exactly. So, so. so yeah. hats off to them. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know, something comes about. You know, hopefully, we all all we can do is hope. Yeah. But, uh, again, and definitely pray for his know, family. Um, you know, Jacob Blake's family, oh, his children. And that was the other thing. And that was the other thing. Before you, you know, uh, uh, before we move on to the next story, the only difference between. The other stories, and this one is Jacob Blake gets to tell his, his side story. of the story. Yep. You know, one of the things I've always believed with police killings and police shootings, you know, they always say, well, you have to neutralize the threat. You know, you have to, you know, you have to make sure the threat is neutralized. But my opinion, you know, as, you know, scary as it is, is um, dead men tell no tales. Nope. And, you know, uh, if, people were been able to tell their side of the story we may get a different outlook on this yeah. you know and it's be interesting to see you know his side of the story because he was able to survive this even though like you mentioned you know he may be permanently damaged as a result but at the very least now once he's back to some sort of health you know he'll get to tell his side of the story and that's something we haven't 
been able to see. We've only seen it from the view of the one side. So now we will get, they can tell their side of the story and we'll get his side of the story. A lot like what happened with the Toronto uh, Raptors um, a yep. president. Yep. Yep. Because yep. the the police are still saying that this guy was the aggressor, even though you have video to contradict that. Even on the night that it happened, you had eyewitnesses that said that that wasn't, that he wasn't the aggressor. You had video that says he wasn't the aggressor. Now the, you know, official word has come out and you get to see the full picture. But you, you it's, it's, it's that way where you can see both sides and then right. you have and the truth. Yeah, for those who don't know, the uh, Raptors, Toronto Raptors, when they won the NBA championship last year, um, the president was, according to the video that we all saw now, the president, uh, brother, I can't pronounce his name. Nope, not going to uh, try it. Right. So he, according to the video, the body cam on the police officer, he's coming towards the court. court. He's coming toward the police officer and you can see him reaching his hand in his jacket to pull out his credentials. You can see so the part, you can see part of the credentials when he was right. reaching in there. Right. So you see him starting to pull it out as he's walking towards his police officer. Police officer puts his hand out, puts his hand on the shoulder uh, on his chest and then actually pushes the guy away. The guy says, well, why are, you, why are you touching me for? You know, they have back and forth words. He walks towards him again, trying to pull his credentials out. And this police officer is undercover, an off-duty police officer mm -hmm. who's working security, pushes him again, right? But as a result of, before the video, this police officer said the guy was aggressive, uh, the, the aggressor. He attacked uh, he, him. He attacked him. I had to do physical therapy. I was injured. Every, I was He's hurt. still on paid leave. And he's suing and the guy. Right, and he tried to sue the the president of the Raptors. Well, after the video shows clearly, I mean, as what clear we already as knew. day, that he did not trust his brother in this suit and decided he was not going to let him pass, regardless of whether or not he had, he had credentials, credentials or, or not. not. Luckily, right, it took uh, uh, Raptors teammates and Raptors players, officials yeah. to actually go and players to go get the president and, and pull, pull him, him onto, onto the, the court. court. Which was supposed to be this, I made it, we did it, I'm supposed to be celebrating, but in the back of my mind, it's like, did did, did I just get profiled? You know, so all that. All but the thing to say, yeah, but to, to, to even say to that, even though we clearly saw what happened, the chief of sheriff or whatever they call the head guy, he's telling people, don't believe everything you see, it's more to the story. <laughs> Bro. You actually gonna come out on record and say it's more to the story? What? What's more? Right, they're, right. they're still hanging so what, on to that. Right. So what is that? Right? Is it is it pride? Is it or is it prejudice? You know, which one is it? Especially when we have video. So going back to bringing that back to Jacob Blake, the fact that we do have video of what happened, and he is and his first person account. Once he's right, we can get his first person account. You know, maybe that then those two combined will finally we'll start to see get some what justice is for him. Really, what's really going on? Whether whether we get justice or not, we can clearly say there is a bias. You know, I mean, we th from there, what do we do? But you can't. I, I would like to hope, as a result of this video, you can't argue the fact that there isn't bias because there is. Right? Yeah. Where do we go from there? We don't know. Yep. 
All right, so heading on to the next story, I will share my screen again on this one. Um, so um, we've already talked about um, Brianna Taylor um, and what's going on with her, the fact that it's been going on 200 days and the people that we know who murdered her um, are still free, not charged, still on the force, still doing their job. Um, as opposed to, say, um, uh, an Ahmaud Arbery or a George Floyd, who those folks have, there's been some movement, the people who are responsible have been arrested, have been charged. Some are in jail, some are out of jail, but there is ongoing, you know, tasks to rectify and bring justice to the situation. For Brianna, there's been nothing. The, the attorney general who can bring charges, he's too busy having engagement parties and speaking at the RNC to bring charges against these folks. Well, on the cover of September's issue of Vanity Fair, which is, um, I think, co-edited and written, um, an article written by ta Coates, is covering the, um, the magazine. Um, so the issue is, as opposed to some of the other... Um, you know, uh, situations and, and, and murders of, of black people. Um, she has been the only one that has been, um, memefied. Um, they have this thing, this Brianna con that's going on in Louis in uh, in Louisville, which I think is absolutely disgusting, but she's on the cover of, of vanity fair. So my question to you is, do you think that this, similar to what we talked about with the video, do you think the this cover, because we know that other, has she not been murdered, has she just continued her job as EMT, continued her life, she would never be on the cover of this magazine. Do you think that this is bringing more light and helpful to her? Or do you think it's just another way for them to, sell magazines or memify the murder of this woman? Well, I think, like you mentioned, otherwise we wouldn't be on the cover of Vanity Fair. Um, you know, I, I don't know the stats on how many black women have covered Vanity Fair. I, I would I would like to believe there have been more prior to Breonna Taylor. Yes, um, I'm but not I'm many. Assuming, I'm assuming not many. Correct. Um, otherwise, you know, we as a whole would not be featured as much. Um, it does sound like, and it does appear to be, we are, there's not an organized uh, specific uh, goal because I think we're all trying to do what we can. You know, uh, the Brianna Khan thing that you mentioned, I saw the, the flyer. And it's hard to tell if she is the forefront of the conversation or is she a backdrop to something else, right? Um, in that case and in of the case of this uh, Vanity Fair cover, we have to, and I haven't read it uh, admittedly, but we have to make sure that she is the central focus of the conversation and we're not using 
her as a uh, jumping off point to discuss something else. Because from what I understand, the interest from everybody as it relates to Breonna Taylor is the cops need to be arrested, right? That should be, in my opinion, bare minimum. The only, the only focus for you using Brianna Taylor in anything is to when, where, how, what do we need to do to get the cops arrested? Figure out the rest later. If they need to, if if they get cash bail and get let out on bail, if they get suspended on paid leave, whatever the case may be, none of that is the case right now. These cops are still out doing their thing. So, in my opinion. If anything is going to mention Brianna Taylor, it needs to be why, what, how, when, where. And driving toward getting these guys arrested. Getting them off the street, getting them arrested, due process, whatever the case may be, right? Anything else to where you're, you know, like I said, with the Brianna contour, you're trying to highlight women in business. No, it needs to be Brianna Taylor, cops in jail. Not let's use her as let's focus on other women who are doing whatever. No, we can do that later. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's not a good idea. Just not now. You know, same thing with this Vanity Fair cover. Is she the focus or is this a conversation about other things, right? In my personal opinion, it should be the focus on getting her cops, the cops who killed her for no reason. For those who don't know about the story, I'm not going to go into it, do the research. Do your um, Googles. They need, they need to be arrested. Yeah. Now, after they get arrested and after they go to court and after they get jury trials and after they the, the, the prosecutors decide whether they're going to charge them or not, then we can have the whole conversation about, you know, whatever the case may be and then include her as one of the 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 back the uh, background stories, in yeah. addition to George Floyd, in addition to Jacob Blake, in addition to Rashard Brooks, in addition to all the Trayvon, all the way back to Trayvon Martin, Martin, all the way back to Mike Brown, so on and so forth. Tamir right? Rice, yeah. Use him at, use it, yeah, use him as a composite to have this bigger conversation. Yeah. But right now, we need to focus on getting them arrested. Right. Right. I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, I haven't read the article either. It is by Tanahasi Coates, so I will give some sort of, um, I don't want to say deference, but I will give some sort of credence to the fact that he will highlight what you just said because he has been a strong voice for social change mm-hmm. and for her. And also um, the painting, um, the, the image that, that's on the cover is a painting by uh, Amy Sherald, who I'm not sure if many people remember. She is the the artist that did the portrait of that did the presidential portrait of Barack Obama. All those uh, things okay. are great. Th- that's where I recognize it. Yep, yep. So they they were going because I saw some people talking about because I know they're in the art world. They were saying she changed her aesthetic or the way she paints specifically for Brianna, which is great. I'm sure what Tanahasi has written is great. But again, like you said what how is this helping to drive and move the needle forward to get some to get the ball of justice rolling for this woman it's been going on 200 days since she was murdered and we wouldn't have even found out about it had it not been for the black lives matter louisville um group 
you know, protesting. Mm-hmm. They've been protesting for weeks and months before it even hit the mainstream that we mm-hmm. even knew about this. It was all, you know, under the cover of night because of the way that everything happened. So and the, and the increasing emphasis on women, specifically black women, getting the same amount of exposure attention yeah. as the black men who have been, you know, uh, killed or unjustly you know, uh, mistreated by police, yep. right? Because, you know, we talk, do you think of Sandra Bland? Mm-hmm. You think of, you know, all the other women. Rakia Boyd. Had, right. And not the same emphasis as, right. you know, like a Trayvon Martin or Mike Brown yep. or George Floyd or Ahmaud mm-hmm. Aubrey. You know, um, is that in and of itself an issue, right? Is that something yes. <laughs> with Brianna? And as a result, is that something we're trying to change with Brianna? And as a result, we're kind of overboard because we're really trying to make sure that she doesn't. And that know, black women the get the same type of support and visibility as, so as black result, men. You're, oh, right. So as a result, like you said, if she's been memefied, is that are we I don't I want to believe that that's not us trying to manipulate or take advantage of a situation in order to get our own sort of name out there. I want to believe that it's an overcompensation of the fact that in the past, black women haven't gotten the same shine. Um, that's what I want to believe. But again, you know, it, that's you know, right. I mean, because I mean, if you think back to when George Floyd and even when Elijah McClain were both murdered, people started putting out merchandise and then the family shut it down and it stopped. Right. Brianna's family has done the same thing, but you still have, you know, the mummification, the shirts, the, 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 all those type of things. And just the to, artwork. the artwork, seen a lot of artwork. yeah, to bring it full circle, the reason that the hashtag say her name was even created was because black women weren't getting the same support and the call to action and visibility as, you know, men were. So it's, it's twofold. You have racism and then you have sexism and patriarchy because right. most all, I won't even say most, pretty much 99% of these movements when it comes to, you know, getting justice for, for black people who have, who have been murdered. And of course it's been overwhelmingly men are black women. So black women are out there, you know, putting together protests, putting together organizations, you know, rallying people. But then when you have a black woman who this has happened to, you know, it's like, who's going to stand in the gap and to help push this, push this forward, get the, right. we need the same engagement because it's a life at the end of the day, it's still a life. It's a life that mattered. And it's a life that was taken completely unnecessarily. And it's a hundred percent, it was a hundred percent preventable. All right. So, yeah. So. Um, all right, so let's um wrap up the episode. Um, so let's head on over to the hookup. I didn't have anything this week, it looks like you put something in there, which is great because I had nothing. Uh, well, <laughs> um, so I so I was 14, the public beta is out. And um, I actually wrote up a story about some of the uh, seven cool features that you probably will 
uh, gravitate to, to the most when it's actually released and uh, available to the public in the fall. So I actually was able to do a write-up of those main features in a PC Mag article. So I definitely put a link to that actual uh, story in PC Mag. And basically, like I mentioned, it just goes over the main features that once you download or install iOS 14, whether it be the public beta or it be the actual release to the public version, these will be the features that you kind of look at the most. You'll want to play with the messages. You want to play with your home screen. You'll want to play with Siri. You'll want to play with some of the security. So I kind of highlight some of those features and how they work. And like I said, I was able to uh, write that up for a PC mag. So I just dropped a link. So at your leisure, you can go in and take a look at them. Like I said, I'm not going to go through and kind of highlight all of them specifically in this hookup, but I did want to draw that attention so you can definitely go check that out. So and show me some support, get the get the views. Get the clicks. On, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to pull it up now while we're talking so we can see your name in print. Right, it's, right. It's loading a little bit slower. But in any event, the link is, oh, there it is. Hold on. Let's let you get your shine on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brother Tech. Terrence yeah, really? Gaines giving his input on the seven features to try right away for iOS 14. So definitely yep. um, go in. I won't show you the full article. I'll tease it a little bit so you can go and click on the link and get those clicks up, get the traffic there. So definitely um, go and, and take a look and we'll have the link in the show notes for you to view after the show. Yep, I appreciate it. All right. So I think that is it for this week this week yep. all right don't forget to download rate and review us we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify you can also hit us up on social medias on all of the platforms twitter instagram and facebook we are at snob os cast you can also watch us on youtube at snob os cast um and be sure to like and subscribe to our channel you can also leave us some feedback um two different ways on our website snobwestcast.com or shoot us over an email at snobwestcast at gmail.com again let us remind you you too can become a patron of the snobwest podcast um, you can go over to patreon.com slash snobwestcast and um, sign up for a mere five dollars per month where you will get access to the pre-show content um, the live, access to live show taping and also access to our discord live chat and i think that's it that is it all right we'll see you guys next week bye